0: It's the Last Stand Podcast.
1: And here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is the Last Stand. I'm Brian Custer. We bring you the biggest names in the sport and in the super welterweight division. Hey, listen, one of the biggest names, guy who's the former unified champion of the world. He is known as Swift Jared Hurd. Swift, it's been a while. Welcome to The Last Stand.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me, Brian. It's always good.
1: It's great to see you, man. Uh, great to have you on. Listen, let's get, dive right into it because I know you've been training uh, for your return. You're coming back in June. Uh, it will be your first fight in over, what, a year and a half. Uh, but you're fighting at 160. Tell us why.
0: Um. Yeah, so, you know, my last fight was back in January of 2020, and um, you know, the I fought right before the pandemic hit. So, um uh, you know, I took some time off. Not only that, I was moving uh, into a new home at my parents' house, and uh, you know, furnishing my house and things like that. You know, I'm um, taking some time off after my fight. I look in the mirror, man, <laughs> and. Uh, no gyms open, no nothing. I'm just sitting around the house and I look in the mirror and, you know, my weight's high. I'm up to like 217. Wow. So I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, man, so, um, you know, that's a big drop from going there to back to 54. So for this fight, we're going to uh, step up to one sixty, and, uh, we don't want to drop too much weight, but, um, this is just for this fight.
1: And as you mentioned, the last time we saw you was in January of 2020. Um, how different, of a fight because you had a new trainer, you were trying a new style. How different of a fighter are you since the last time we saw you?
0: Um, much different, you know. Um, uh, I'll say this. Back when I was with my previous trainer, I was winning every fight in dramatic fashion in one way, you know, my comfort using my size bullying guys that way was working for me so much um i never really had a plan there plan b i just always wanted to wear my opponent down beat them and eventually stop them so now you know with my my, my training coach coach k karoma um we're, we're, we're putting different arsenals in my in my fight game and, and we're trying to you know uh make sure that we don't come with just a plan that we have a plan a through z and that's what we're working on now you
1: you know this is this will be the first time though uh, Jared that uh, you have fought um, you know since um, you, you know the loss of your father and mm-hmm. and I know in March that had to be I know how close you guys were because he was more than I mean a mentor, a father, trainer I mean he was your biggest fan your biggest how did that affect you?
0: Well, it's just crazy, Brian I mean, You know i haven't been doing any interviews and i'm trying to stay away from doing them because of this fact you know it's it's such a sensitive subject and it's tough to talk about it because uh you know anybody who ever came in 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 contact or interact with my father is always a memorable um, moment with him you know i have so many people that comes up and just share the memories of meeting them just one time and um you know it was tough because I was out in Houston when um, this all was happening and I remember um, I got a call from my brother, miscalled, miscalled, I was asleep and her, I, I, a warm call came through, it was this, my brother's girlfriend, Jonette, and uh, she called and was like, Yo, Jared, um, you know, you, I was talking to your mom here, and your dad's unresponsive, he's not answering. And I'm like, what you mean unresponsive? And I, I couldn't I couldn't bother at him because the day before, you know, my father had COVID, my mother had um, COVID and, uh, you know, my mother was doing worse than my father was. My father was walking around the house and my mother was wanting to be in bed all day and things like that. And, um, my father was good. You know, it was, it was, he, he seemed fine. He was the one mostly taking care of my mother and, and, uh, you know, one day he just felt real dehydrated and I remember I was on FaceTime. If you can look at my Instagram, it's a video on there. Um, you know, I was on FaceTime with him that day and you know, he was, he was just real dehydrated. And I was like, man, pops, you gotta hydrate yourself. It's like, uh, it's just like me when I make weight, you know, we, we hydrate each ourselves and we this ourselves. And, um, uh, you know, you gotta put the fluids back in, you gotta, you know, get the electrolytes and backing you and all that. So, you know, we had a physician come over, um, philip raglan which is my doc doctor cut man in my corner you know he came over hydrated my father he he was laying on the floor in the house of the fan room but he was good you know he started punching in the air and stuff he said i'm good man i'm good and that's what made me cut the camera on the recording that time when facetimes is like laughing at my like, look at look at him man i was like you know he's gonna be good and um you know i couldn't believe that i got the call the next morning that uh you know from the dehydration we said we was going to take him to the hospital if he didn't feel good that day but um that morning they said from from the dehydration and uh um from the covid he it cost the hardest say.
1: wow man I, i'm so sorry and you know it's one of the reasons too i had to reach out to you when i got the news because you know you're right uh anybody who met your parents mm-hmm. you, you almost felt like a member of the family Be, that's the yeah. way they welcomed everybody um, so you, sir, certainly my condolences. Did you did you ever consider, like, at some point, because you guys were so t- tight and close, like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to fight anymore.
0: Uh, You know, that's the thing is, I, it's not that I didn't want to fight. Um, I just said, will it ever be the same? I, I didn't want to stop fighting because I know that's what my father wouldn't have wanted. You know, uh, so it never that it crossed my mind to stop fighting. I just wonder how much it had been different. You know, even like when, uh, you know, despite coming up my mother asking for, you know, make sure you get a room and she mentioned, like, make sure you get a room for me and dad. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff, keep forgetting. You know, uh, it's just things are so different now because, you know, he was always the life of the party. He was always, you know, the one that put the plans together when we do have these fights and, uh, you know, gather up the, the friends and family. And uh, you know it's just it's just going to be a little different now that he's not here. But but I will continue fighting because I know that's what he wanted.
1: Mm. Um, and you know, listen, I know you've been in Colorado uh, for some time now, here training, and, and listen, working with one of our favorites, uh, one of mm. my favorites, and one of the favorites of the show. He's been on twice in Bud Crawford. Uh, yeah. And so, tell me, how did that relationship uh, come together, and what has training with Bud done for you to enhance your skill
0: set? Well, you know, uh Shakur Stevenson, which is also um uh one of my coaches, fighters, uh Kate Karoma <clears throat> is good friends with, with <clears throat> Shakur. I'm with Terrence Crawford. So out here in Colorado, Shakur Stevenson has a fight coming up and also I do. And uh, we went camp together and you know um that's that's just their thing. Whenever Shakur's in camp or whenever Buzz in Camp, you know, they they come and support each other. And uh I'm here in camp with Shakur Stevenson, and it's, it's, it's such a blessing that Terrence Crawford just happens to be here too. Um and uh man, it's 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 funny because you know I didn't know he was like that, you know what I mean? He, he does not let that was fighter in that gym slack. He on us every day as if he was one of the coaches and uh, you know, he just pushes us every day. He doesn't let us, I mean, not even a little bit, he doesn't let us stop slow down at all.
1: And from a technical standpoint, like in the ring, have you learned anything new uh, from Bud Crawford that you can apply in your fights going, going forward?
0: Oh yeah, he's just like uh you know, of course he does not overstep of the coaches, he let them coach things but like I said, you know the things that we do do, he makes sure we do it correctly. Um he makes sure we do, don't um you know, basically try to get by. He makes sure we exert ourselves, he makes sure we push us ourselves to the limit that we're not doing it just to get the work done, we're, we're actually exerting ourselves and, and 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 pushing our bodies to the highest ability that we can.
1: Yeah. Uh, how, how, how disappointed was he? Because, you know, for a while, everyone thought he was going to be fighting Manny Pacquiao. And then obviously, you know, that fell through. How disappointed was he, uh, when all of that fell through?
0: I'm pretty sure you're disappointed. You know, uh, Manny Pacquiao every, is, a, is a legend and everyone would love to share the ring with him. And, and of course, get a win over him or, or, um, you know, um, of course he was disappointed man, but you know, he, he knows that, uh, that's not his, um, the fight to make his legacy, you know, he knows that uh, he still has a lot more to accomplish and Manny Pacquiao would enhance the things he did in his career, but he know that uh, that's not going to determine whether or not his, his, his legacy or not.
1: Have you ever, and, and you know, one of the things that we talked about with him was um, listen, if top rank can't get you the fights that you want, then maybe you need to come over to the PBC where all of the welterweights are and and do that and he talked about how his deal with top rank was coming up this year because you were in camp do you guys ever talk about that do you ever say hey look, come on over to the pvc and fight errol spence fight (laughs) thurman fight these guys it'll be a lot easier for you
0: no you know i never really mentioned that him. you know i haven't talked to him about too much of that but that's funny because uh You know, uh, Earl Spence is over there with uh, Jamel Chalo, you know, and uh, I could be with Bud Crawford, so uh, we can can put us both in the car, you know, it would be a great, great turnout.
1: Yeah, a hell of a rivalry between Uh, you guys. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, but before – and we'll put an end to the thing with your parents, but, you know, for the longest – when you were the unified champ of the division everyone thought one of the great storylines was that you live with your parents i mean awesome. here you are the unified champ having two of the belts and living in the basement basically at, at your right. parents house and now in retrospect and and, and considering that you're, you know your father's gone do you cherish the, that time now because you got a lot of time with them and you know listen unlike other people, you know, maybe, Hey, 28, 29 years old, you finally moved out, but you spent a lot of time with your parents. Uh, Do you cherish those moments that you got, you did get to spend uh, with him?
0: Uh, Of course, man. You know, it's, it's crazy because like you said, on top of the world, number one in the world, um, unified champ of the world. I was living in my parents with my parents, in their house for 29 years. I'm 30 years old, Brian. And uh, I just moved out last year. And out of 29 years of my life, missing that one year, not being around him, it just felt like uh, an eternity, man. You know, uh, um, it's crazy because I remember when I, sorry.
1: No, no, please.
0: I remember when I did get the call and uh. You know, my father, five o'clock in the morning, she said he got up and rushed to the bathroom. And she was like, Fred, are you okay? Fred, are you okay? And then she just heard him, uh, you know, he was using the bathroom. He sat on top of the toilet and he wasn't saying anything. So she got up and walked in the bathroom. And, you know, he was he was just sitting there on top of the toilet. And, you know, my mom not as strong to pick my father up or, you know, grab him or help him out and things like that. So she called 911 and she was trying to, you know, trying to do things to you know, revive him and things like that, but she really couldn't, wasn't strong enough to to get him in the position. And I remember my younger brother rushing to the house and my older brother rushing to the house and her family and friends and everybody getting there to be there with my mother and, and my father. You know, I don't think he wouldn't want to go out any other way than it was than the way he did he loved this house he always spoke so highly about it and uh it just killed me because man no I, I wasn't able to uh, be it I was yeah. in Houston I was in Houston
1: but but you know here here's here's the great thing though Jared your father and I, I just from even my talks with him was so proud of you and to me that's the one thing I thought was very special is that here this man is, and he just, he just always had glowing things to say about you, like, my son is the unified champ. My son is the number one guy at 154. And as a father myself, I mean, you, you, you only hope that uh, your children uh, can aspire to do great things. And that's, I think, what he loved about you. And, and that you loved being under their roof unlike all of these other guys who, you know, could, you know, many of us said, man, once I get older, I can't wait to get out of the house. Uh, but they, they loved that you were not only the top guy, but enjoyed living with them. And Hey, listen, man, that that's a blessing. It's a blessing. And, uh, again, you, you certainly got my condolences, but you know, I know, I know he's smiling down on you. Fred is certainly smiling down on you, man. Uh, cause he loved everything that you did. Um, It's a hard transition uh, here because you're you're facing uh, Luis Arias, June 6th. He's a former champion, but, man, he has not won since 2017. In fact, he is 0-2-1 in his last three fights. So how important is it for Jared Hurd not only to win this fight, but do it in an impressive-type fashion?
0: It's very important because you know I want I want these fighters to know that I'm I'm still I'm still the man at the division. You know, I had a hiccup in my career against Julie Williams. Um, I can make a thousand reasons why this happened and that happened. But at the end of the day, he came out the better man that night and uh, wasn't prepared. So, um, you know, a, a win over Arias, if I was from stopping, it would separate. You know me from a Danny Jacobs, from a, a Gabriel Zara, Rosario, and uh, you know what? It, it'll it'll make me stand out as a fighter that does something that no one else does. Did, done, and uh, it, it all depends on how I win. You know, it, I don't want it to be a close fight. I want it just to be one sided, and uh, and I want to win in a spectacular fashion. You,
1: you know, uh, you're fighting. You know, obviously on the on the Floyd Mayweather Jake Paul yeah. uh, a card there. <laughs> What do you think about these YouTubers, man, who are making multi-millions off of these fights, and yet you have guys like you, the skilled best of the bets. Some are still trying to get a fight, Mm -hmm. and others not making the kind of money that these YouTubers and TikTok guys are making. What do you think about it?
0: Well, one thing for sure, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to lie. I like it. But I get where people are saying all this hard work and dedication we put in and some guy just makes a video and comes out of nowhere and then makes this amount of money. And We've been doing this thing for years. You know, I also get that, too. So I'm on a kind of both sides of it. But um, uh, entertainment sales, you know, that's that's what I can say. And these YouTube guys, you know, they they haven't. They haven't been doing what we did for a long time, but they have a following that is unreal. You know, they have a following, more followers followers than a lot of these fighters that 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 are are out now. They're paying to see it. So, I mean, it, it, I'm on the feel. I, I I like the idea of it, but I also feel what the fighters are saying when they feel the way about the pay they're getting.
1: I got it. You know, you 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 mentioned you said the only hiccup. And really the only loss that you've suffered, obviously, uh was to Julian Williams. That was two years ago. Uh, biggest thing when you look back on that, biggest thing that you learned from that loss.
0: The biggest thing I learned is like I said, man, adjusting. You can't <clears throat> you can't go on a flight with a one-track mind, you know, just uh um on one with one mission, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to adjust. And uh that was the game plan, you know. I I remember J-Rock fighting Nick Daniel Gallimore on my undercard against Eris ninety lara And Gallimore held his hands high, he was walking towards uh uh Julie Williams, and I saw Julie Williams start to wear down, he started getting tired, and it was a great fight, you know. He he uh Gallimore was in there it wasn't like it was so one-sided and I could see the the, the pressure eventually getting the Julian Williams little and things like that and just from watching that fight I thought that that would have been enough I said well if, if Daniel Gallimore could put that type of pressure on him and, and he wear him down imagine when he gets my type of pressure you know I'm, I'm thinking like that and uh not knowing that in Julie Williams' camp and in his mind, like this is the biggest fight of my career. But you think it will come out of shape? You know what I mean? And uh so uh, I would went into the fight that way. And I just thought that eventually he's gonna eventually wear down. And next time I know, I look up 12 rounds is over and he never did.
1: Yeah. Um, after after that loss, you know, you you, you got a new trainer, uh, obviously K Karoma, And your former trainer, Ernesto Rodriguez, you know, um, did some, uh, really public interviews. And in one of them, uh, he said that he told you that you should have never fought, uh, J rock because he said it was a bad matchup. He felt like at the time you should have fought Jermell Charlo, which everyone wanted, uh, you guys to, to fight. He felt it was a better, um, a matchup for you. And he said, because he, he felt like you should have caught Charlo then because he was getting a sense that Charlo was getting better. Um, And he also talked about how he said, you know, um, Jared Hurd had these huge weight cuts uh, for fights that I didn't like. And for the Julian Williams fight, which was his homecoming fight, uh, it felt like he was, he was more concerned about what was going to happen after the fight and entertaining uh, his, his family and his people for the uh, uh, after party, than the actual fight. When you, heard all of that was there one thing that he said that really hurt you or upset you considering you know this was your guy from the beginning
0: uh well i mean all of it hurt me you know because all these things he's mentioning he came to the cameras and said them, you know he never he 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 did mention about the judah wins fight but um if of course maybe people won't, but if you go look back at the training camps leading up today, you see him in the cameras talking about how we're gonna stop him in the 10th round. And this is a shot that's gonna do it for us. You know, he wasn't he was it was like a, a conversation, but it wasn't uh it wasn't forced upon me like a like man, no, we shouldn't take this fight. Let's let's go for the Jamel Chala fight. I mean, it was the same, it was the same mindset I had going into the lot fight. I wanted a South Pole. With Alton Trout, that was going to be a durable southpaw before I go into a fight with Eris Landy-Lauer. Same with this. I wanted a durable right-handed fire, Julie Wynn, before I went to a fight with Jamel Charlo. That was the understanding I thought I had with my coach and I talked to him about, and uh, he was like, he he did mention he think I should go straight for the Jamel Charlo fight, but, you know, I mean, after a few conversations with the team, we talked over it, he was okay with it. Hmm. And um, I don't, I don't, uh, I agree also with the weight cuts. You know, it is pretty, some pretty big weight cuts. But what people got to understand also is that I'm a fighter that that been at this weight class my entire career. You know, eventually everyone moves up. You know, well, it was one point I only got to 173. You know, then eventually I started getting to the 180s, then I the 185s to the 190s, and it started going up. You know, eventually people see that the weight cut is so big, they move up and uh but i've accomplished so much defending my titles and so much unanswered things at 154 i am making big weight cuts to stay here to you know answer those things you know maybe one day eventually get my rematch um things like that and it's, it's just tougher to, to keep the weight at the age that i'm at now and um you know people move up three four weight classes i'm still at the same one so yeah the, yes the weight cuts are getting bigger but um you know, I still got a lot to finish at 154.
1: Uh, did, did you, did, uh, in retrospect, did you overlook Julian Williams? Did you think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get him. Because he, he he, he, almost intimated that you were like, yeah. hey, look, you know, we worried about this party. Let's get this party popping as soon as it's my homecoming fight. Uh, did, did you did you overlook Julian Williams?
0: Well, I want to say so much. We say that he was worried about his family and other things. It was a homecoming fight. So, you know, that. It, it was a lot of media. It was a lot of interviews and being here. And, um, you know, I had the red involved, a lot of things like that. And I think that's what he was elaborating on. Cause I didn't have a party set up after the fight, but I think he was elaborating on like um, promoting the fight and uh, being here and giving back and things like that, instead of focusing on getting in tip top shape in the game plan to win this fight. Uh, I think he was more elaborating on that. But, you know, uh, I could say that too. But, you know, even though I lost that fight, this is why I, I I will say this. Even though I lost that fight with Julie Williams, it's not like I wasn't fighting all 12 rounds. So I can't say that I was out of shape, but I just had the wrong game plan. Mm,
1: got it. Uh, how frustrating is it for you um, that it seemed like your belts uh, that you had are in this division getting passed around. I mean, uh, you had shit. them all of a sudden <laughs> they go from you to Julian Williams. Then Julian Williams loses them to Jason Rosario. And now the man who is your nemesis in the Boy. division, <laughs> Jamel Charlo not only has your belts, but his belt and on the verge of trying to be undisputed
0: yeah man it's crazy i was uh i think since winky right it was no other champion at 154 that brought the belts, belts together before i did so you know i was the first one to bring the belts together uh, when i unified and uh you know i feel like the 154 pound division ain't even been the same since i haven't been champion you know it is it isn't talked about as much you know uh you know since i've been laid, they back in the, in in the cut off the scene, um you know people aren't really talking about the 154 pound division like that uh they 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 they, they see that Jamel Charlo is the one that right now is the man to beat and there's no competition for him and things like that um but you know uh you know that's how I like it you know I'm I always been the underdog. I've Always been the guy that you know creeped up out of the scene that came from out of nowhere, and uh, that's what I'm on right now. You know, um, you know, Jamel has all the belts, he's about to fight Castano, and and uh, to me, I feel like he will become undisputed. And uh, you know, hopefully, he can step up and, and be a man one day and get in the ring with me, man.
1: Uh, d- does that upset you out of everybody in the division that <laughs> this guy? The he's the one that has the the opportunity to be the first in this four belt era to be the um, undisputed champ at one fifty four.
0: I mean, don't upset me, man. You know, at the end of the day, it it it, it doesn't upset me. I do look at it and say, like, man, that could have been me, you know. But um, what it does do it it motivates because I, to be honest, I I like it this way because. If Castillo ends up with it and I face him for the belts, I, I feel like I still need to fight Jamil, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I would want Jamil to win because I going to be the one to to defeat him for all the belts. And, I mean, I wouldn't want to happen the no other way. So I, I'm, I'm kind of happy for him to win.
1: Well, let, well, let's wrap it up with this because, as you pointed out, you used to be the guy at 154. And people, as you talked about, said, man, the thing about Jared Hurd, he's just so big. He just overwhelms every opponent he has. But now all they're saying is Charlo is the strongest, the most dominant guy at 154. What do you think?
0: He's definitely uh, he's definitely number one right now, but um, he's not the strongest. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we face some similar opponents, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I think that they can vouch for, you know, who's the stronger fighter in there. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, he, 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 he got all the belts. He, he's in the position he is now, but, uh, you know, quietest kept him on the way.
1: Um, in February, as you talked about, you were in Houston, right? And um, so you're going to the grocery store uh, <laughs> and you put on IG. If there's anyone in Houston that can help me with the meat, uh, that the drugs that the charlos are taking as well <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. so let me ask you this because it's not the first time you know this has been uh brought about are right. you in the camp who believes that the charlos and Jamel are taking peds
0: no nah, no nah, i don't th- i don't think they're taking peds you know uh I was just elaborating on, like, uh, like you got to be taking some type of drugs to, to think I'm out here in Houston trying to train like you and be like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm out here in Houston because this is where my coach is at. And, uh, you know, um, but I think that the um, – I guess the, the, the physicians or the commission or whatever it is um, – uh, Vaza, uh doing their jobs and they're 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 testing them and, and and if they are doing anything like that they'll get caught up with it so if they're if they're getting clean clean results back and they're fighting and there's nothing being brought up then I believe they're clean fighters
1: mm. is Jared Hurd still one of the most dominant fighters at 154 right now
0: I'm the best at 154. the world just ain't see it yet you know like I said I had a hiccup you know, um, some some of the best fighters, you know, take a losses, but that the loss is, is, is not just a loss, it's a learning lesson. I'm um, looking at Canelo Alvarez right now. He took a loss to one of the best in the world, but uh, he's now the best in the world, you know. So um, at the end of the day, this is just a lesson for me. Taught me something. Maybe, maybe a better fighter. And uh, for now, one, just that one track mind is no longer. And Swift Jared Hurt. So it's, it's a lot of trouble for these guys out okay?
1: What do you think about Danny Garcia, who's now saying he's going to campaign at 154 and says he will be the biggest draw of the division?
0: That's I, I think it's a, a good move for him. Um, everyone asked me about these guys at 154 and would I ever see myself with a matchup with him. And to be honest, like the Sebastian uh, Fondor and things like that. I say no because I don't see myself sitting around at that weight class that long. You know what I mean? By the time those guys eventually get a matchup with me, they'll have to become another 160. I don't know if I'll be able to hold this weight more than a year and a half, two years. So uh, I'm, I'm planning on moving up pretty soon. Um, you know, the sooner I get the fight with Jamel, determine when I do move
1: up. So if, if you can get a fight with, Jamal at the end of the year, then yeah. you're, you're, you'll stay at 154. Uh, and, and and if, let's say, Charlo says, not until next year, will you still stay at 154 next year?
0: Yeah, I'll try to hold the weight. I mean, as of right now, how I'm feeling, like, yes, I can stay at 154 until next year. But, like, it, you know, this it gets harder and harder each and every year. So we'll have to see how it plays out. This segment of the show
1: is brought to you by Man Cave Health. It's a public charity that raises awareness nationwide for prostate cancer. Many of you know, I battled prostate cancer and it had it not been for me taking a PSA test, you know, the doctor told me I could have been dead uh, within a year. 30,000 men die every year from prostate cancer simply because they didn't know their number. They didn't get an annual check. And also, do you know one out of every four black men are diagnosed with prostate cancer, how important is your health to you?
0: It's very important, man. You know, um, <clears throat> your health is is everything. You know, Those will give you your longevity in life, um, and um, you know, being healthy, being being um, the uh, eating right and 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 exercising is so important because, uh, you know, you never know what can happen and what, what those things, doing those things can avoid uh, when it comes to health. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, uh, you know, staying healthy and exercising. Um, I know I do it for a life, I mean, for a living. And, uh, you know, those one of the things that I, I, sh- I should have been on top of more with my father. Um, you know, even if it's eating healthy throughout the week and on weekends, you know, uh, having a little cheat meal or some things like that. Um, you know health is really important and uh i i recommend i feel like if my father was was a little more disciplined on his side of the health you know he probably could afford this thing a little better um but uh you know uh, health is very important and uh i recommend that if 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 not staying healthy at least get checked up at least once a year
1: that's great and, and, and you know in, in light of of your father passing do you think now uh that You will be more active to make sure that, let's say, your brothers, to make sure your uncles, uh, the men in your life are not only uh, getting their annual check, but as they get, uh, you know, older, they get a PSA test as well, just to make sure that they are healthy.
0: Oh, yeah, most definitely, man, because, you know, uh, not only my brothers, um, you know, my mother, you know, we got to stay on top of her to make sure um you know she's, we we we're, we're making sure she get her check up, checks up checked up um often as well now um and we're definitely going to be pushing for for health and the family and uh to make sure that we're on top of it because we don't want any uh you know freak accidents happening again like the previous one just happened
1: yeah and and and, and lastly what do you think we can do uh as a people just to make sure that, that we as a people are more diligent on our health and going to get checked?
0: Um, just speak on it, you know, speak on it, bring it up. Um, talk to others about it, uh, check on others, you know, you know, just, 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 just be in their ear about it. Um, if not, if you are one that's eating healthy and exercising, sometimes get them a call and, you know, get them out there with you, you know, just to do little things that uh, constantly remind them and encourage them. The mission
1: for Man Cave Health is to encourage all men to take just one hour out of the year to either get a physical and a PSA test. And with donations from people just like you, you can help other men who maybe don't have the resources to pay for a PSA test or a physical exam. All you've got to do is go to the Man Cave Health website at mancavehealth.org and sign up for their free newsletter it is a great resource and please make a donation because this public charity is trying to make sure that all men can get a physical and a psa test and all you've got to do to donate to this public charity is text the last stand to 44321 Jared, for people who watch this podcast and listen to it, we allow them to submit questions. Man, we got so many of them. Let's get right to them uh, from social media. Uh, This first one comes from Twitter. It says, uh, Jared, are you looking for a fight against uh, Jamal Charlo or a rematch with Laura now that they're at 160?
0: That's a kind of a, did he he say Jamal or Jamal?
1: He said Jamal.
0: Jamal. I mean, well, Jamal is at 160. I mean, of course, when I move up, that'd be things I'd be looking at. And um, But as of now, a rematch with Arizona and Lara is also at 160. He has the title. So, you know, I mean, to be honest, once moving up, I can, I can, I can do either one. You know, it's not, it doesn't matter to me.
1: Um, this one, next one from Twitter from a guy, a bad guy on Twitter. He says, Do you feel like it's time? for certain 154 pounders to move up like Laura.
0: Yes, I do think it's time, uh, um, you know, we have fighters coming from 47 wanting to move up. I know, I know some guys at 54, there would be some great matchups that are there now to fight some of the guys at 47. But it's also some guys at 54, we move up, it will be some great matchups at 160. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's time for us to move up. I don't, I think we're the only division that really haven't had fighters move up as much in, 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 in to 160. you know, besides Jamal Charlo. And, uh, right now I think it's a good time for us fighters at 54 to go up there and start taking over that weight class.
1: Another one from Twitter. It says, how do you feel about the inactivity of boxing's premier fighters such as yourself?
0: Oh, man, you know, uh, I don't like it. Uh, I This is the second fight I, in a row that I, I had a year apart, you know. After Julie Williams' fight, I took a year off, and I fought in January of 2020. And now I took another year and a half off, and I'm fighting again then. We're not getting no younger, man. You know, I, I want to be much more active than I am. Um, I know that the circumstances that happened and COVID and things like that. But – um. Even with the fight with Julia Williams, it caused me to take the year off from the, from the from switching trainers and leaving my gym and having to find a new gym home. It was it was a lot of things that called me to take the time off. But now that I'm I'm back in the groove of things, and I do have a gym home and a new uh, head trainer. You know, I, I I should be much more active, and I'm I'm gonna try to fight at least two or three times a year.
1: Wow, fantastic! So you'll fight again at the towards the end of the year this
0: year? Yes, for sure.
1: Um. this one from twitter it says who are your favorite fighters of today
0: of today okay my favorite fighters of today uh fights that i don't miss and i always attended i always went to deontay wilders fight you know you always knew he's gonna get a knockout with someone like him and um uh javante davis uh he's another guy that i always attended every fight um I'm um, gonna have oh, a few cool. of them, man. The Canelo Alvarez, of course, he's the best. I, no matter what I got planned that night, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in the house to watch him. Um, and uh, Kerry Russell. Oh, nice, Gary fantastic.
1: Guy. Yeah, yeah. For, for, uh, fellow Maryland, uh, Maryland guy. That's as good. D.C. Yeah. Maryland, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, this one says, "Do you still want to fight Julian Williams again before going to 160?" Or is the main priority just to get the belts back?
0: The main priority right now is just to get the belts back. I always said a fight with Julie Williams right now in the position I am will only be to revenge my loss. But the ultimate awesome goal really is to become a two-time world champion, and uh, I would love to. I would love to fight, the fight with Jamel Charlo. Um, you know, once I once I become champion again. And, of course, then I'll be looking to a rematch with Julie Williams. But my main priority is to face uh, another champion.
1: Uh, This one uh, from Twitter. And he says, what sanctioning body will you be pursuing? Let's go, champ.
0: What sanctioning body was Jamel has all the (laughs) the (laughs) sanctioning body. So, I mean, right now, it it really doesn't matter. Uh, He's already lined up the fight. Um, Castanio, so whoever went out of that, whatever sanctioned the body I've been, I got to fight that guy. So it doesn't matter.
1: Last but not least, this last one from Twitter it says, Did the, did the loss affect you mentally that bad or was it physically?
0: Um, it, I mean, I'm not going to say it affected me. It was just, you know, it was just, it was just a big, a, a big switch for me, you know, moving out of my parents' house, everything I had was there you know i was the chef was living next door my gym was 20 minutes down the street i did the same thing for 15 oh, oh, i'm sorry for 12 13 years you know what i'm saying and uh when you have a dramatic change in your life from from moving out of where you was living to training now out of town in houston it was just it was just a I didn't know where to, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to start. I was doing something for so long for for for, for that long, and you know, it just took some time for me to to get back into the things and, and really understand where where I where I'm at and, and who I wanted to work with. Got it.
1: All right, so with Jared Heard, we come to the last segment of this show. We call it the Last Stand. I'm gonna ask you a series of questions, Champ. I just need I need the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Got you. Yeah, here we go. First thing that comes to your mind when I say Jermel Charlo,
0: beat his ass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In your opinion, who is the best 154 pounder right now?
0: You looking at him, baby (laughs) swift.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When people think of the nickname. Swift in boxing, do they think Danny Swift Garcia or do they think Swift Jared her
0: No, sir. They think Swift Jared Heard. When they think Danny Garcia is DSG. <laughs> okay. <got it.
1: laughs> Besides Charlo, who is the one fighter at 154 that you say, I got to see him in the ring before I move up to 160?
0: Uh, Julian Williams. It got to be Julian Williams. My rematch, if anybody, if not Jamel, Julian.
1: Okay. Uh, last but not least, will we see Swift Jared Hurd world champion again at one fifty four or at one sixty? Both. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you said something there bro
0: <laughs> there you go
1: <laughs> I love it I love it hey man I, I really appreciate you uh doing this and uh, I know I've been trying to track you down but it's great that you you cut out, carved out some time for us and we certainly look forward to seeing you on June 6th man that's gonna be a wild scene in Miami on that fight
0: card oh yes sir man maybe we the weekend so you know it's gonna be crazy.
1: absolutely folks that's what we do here on the last stand we bring you the biggest names in the sport like swift jared hurd thanks for watching we'll see you again next week